and Wagwan. We did good. We did good. Wagwan. We did good. We did good. Hey guys. Hey, <laughs> hey Jared and Chris here. Chris and Jared here. True and Baca here. True and Baca here. Dang. All right, what's up, every? Oh, wait. that's it. That's perfect. Good intro. Everything. I got everything. <laughs> Charles has pneumonia in his throat. Everyone. Newman Ultra. Newman Ultra. Silicone <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Chris Baca and Jared Truby, and Charles has pneumonia. Yeah, so think classic. about that for a second. <laughs> it's walking pneumonia. It's not even real. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> He's on antibiotics. He's going to be just fine. We are sitting atop a huge mound of green coffee beans yes. in the back of the roastery, just looking out. Hey, coffee nerds. I know they're seeds, weirdos. Nobody cares. Do people say that? Yeah, I've had a couple people like, actually, they're seeds. And I'm like, yes, they are. Nobody cares. Yeah, but okay. Like, <laughs> imagine this. I've got imagine this. Imagine you're a normal human, okay. like a normal human. Okay. And you walk in to Pete's, right? And you're all, "Hey, I want a bag of your best coffee seeds." And they're like, "Ooh." And then everybody looks at you like you're a straight-up kook. They're all. This is the beginning all, of me uh, making a change. <laughs> Make a change. So, nice. well, Anyways. I agree that you know. We want to keep it tight. We want to keep it right. Uh, language is important. Most people call them coffee beans, so we're, we're just going to call them beans. They're, they're green beans. Yeah, also, we don't hate you for those people who want it to be seeds, but it also just, like, let's get your focus back. Think about the children, you know? <laughs> Think about the kids. <laughs> Think about the kids, for crying out loud. All right, we're coming up on the holidays, Thanksgiving, and so, you know, to give back, we thought we'd just answer a couple questions that you guys wrote in. <laughs> <laughs> this is our our main medium for giving. Oh man, our main medium for giving, besides our platform and our store, we were actually able to give our teams a bonus actually in our first month because they killed it so hard. We were profitable in our first month. Yes, which is cool. Thank you to the Santa Cruz community and thank you to our team for giving the most amazing service out there. Thanks for to Sprudge also for writing a nice article about us. Dude, Noah, who wrote the article, really cool to meet him. If you're listening, Noah, really cool to meet you, and he did his homework. It was awesome. I was impressed. Yeah, he's like a good writer in yeah. general. Yeah, he took it seriously. Yeah. So anyways, that was really cool, and it was it was it felt nice to have a nice write-up. It felt accurate, too, that they talked about our service and our genuine service and the team being awesome. So they are. I'm looking at them through a window right now and having just, like, gushes of positive emotions. Which I thought it was cool because he's like, yeah, there's a lot of writing about your staff and how you treat your employees. I'm going to need to talk to a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, please do. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Here's... Here's a few that'll suit your fancy. And if some of you are listening that missed the episode that we talked about this in, if you don't know what Jared's talking about when he says that our team gets a bonus, all of our employees get a percentage of profits from the bottom line of retail sales. So every month that we're profitable, take that and split it up, much like you would split up like um, credit card tips. Right. So a percentage of profits just gets split. So there are 10 people on staff for that first month. They, they did each well. Yeah, they split up 10% of the bottom line. Yeah, which was awesome. Pretty and tight. It, it ended up bonus being, check. Uh, yeah, more than a full day's uh, work and wages per person for those full-timers. Take yourself out to a nice ham sandwich. They could have gotten a nice ham. Actually, they could have taken them. They could have a full date on that. You could have a dollars. date. Think yeah. of how many pecan sandies you could get for that much. Many pecan sandies. Pretty sure I asked for <laughs> pecan sandies. Dan loves a pecan sandy. Shout out to Dan and his pecan sandies. Oh gosh, that's yeah. What we're, our lives have been pretty hectic. Chris, we're, he literally is sitting. We're both sitting on a mini beans and uh, seeds. So, seeds of beans. Seeds of doubt. <laughs> and there's so many orders going out this week. It's been really cool. We've had people visiting from all over the place. It's fun to have a holiday week because people have some time so we had a, had people drive up from LA just for the day to get coffee a few different a few fuel, which is great people from it, the bay have been visiting it freaks me out i don't know what to do just high fives two yeah two things so if you are listening and you came to visit us you guys are freaking me out and i love it it's amazing <laughs> and this is why you're freaking me out first i think it's so cool that you'll drive to come see us this is amazing and it's like everything i ever dreamed for that right. freaking blows my mind but then i get so nervous that i'm gonna let them down when they get here like <laughs> what do i need to do a song and right. dance and they really don't care because the cafe is enough and it's a good time but then you see every detail that's like not perfect and you're all they're gonna judge me for that they're gonna hate me forever they're gonna think this is small so if you uh came to see me and you thought i sucked you can write me some hate mail at chris at cat nice but i don't think that actually happened no 
He'll take it, though. I'll take it, though. With a grain of salt. <laughs> I'll, ta- <laughs> I'll take it. With a grain of salt. I'm like a human punching bag. <laughs> yeah, we have had a lot of visitors. It's been so sick. Yeah, the holidays I love are it. fun. It's amazing. It's just like, hey, I went out like three hours out of the way to come check this out. And I'm sick. like, whoa. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. I hope that your cappuccino and espresso were fine. The <laughs> finest of the cappuccinos. The finest of the Chipino Blancos. The Chipin Blancs. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyways, questions. Questions and answers. I was going to give you updates, but I'm honestly so deep in my brain that I'm uh, I'm blanking on them. We got a salt gun. We shoot flies. We're not allowing flies in our building, and it's been fun. We had a grand opening party. Oh, snap. We had, see, that's important. Yeah. We had a grand opening party, and we gave away tacos and espresso all day. And we had DJ Aloe Vera. DJ Aloe Vera, Boris Evergreen. If you need him, you can you can email us, and we'll get you in contact. He kills the game. If you like that funky soul, like... Like proper proper music that funky cole medina call funky. alex <laughs> you want boris some funky evergreen. cole medina <laughs> call boris evergreen <laughs> he's always living on a prayer bon jovi <laughs> he keeps it real analog too <laughs> real analog he sure does <laughs> he sure does yeah that was a great day we slammed out we gave away like many hundreds of espresso hundreds and hundreds of espresso uh what else happened yeah this dude gordo gustavo he's a local dude he does his own brines he does like his own version of tacos. So, like, he does, like, major 50-hour brines on all of his meats, and we crushed the game with him. That was pretty great. Uh, we had, again, that day was just, like, community-building hotness. Crews coming through. Yeah, from all over the place. Who came through? Kim Ha came through, like, mm-hmm. the other day. Mm-hmm. He's on the gram. The crew from Underground's Coffee yep. in Valencia came through. They were awesome. There's too many people that came through. I won't be able to name them all. But those yeah. are just – the oh. Underground's people were here yesterday, and they were, like – on fire multiple folk whole from five of frank them. yeah it's just like it's on the it's on people from ritual ritual through ritual ritual just a bunch of great companies it's it's nice to be in the community again at the end of the day making coffee for people is really fun really fun and giving them our interpretation we had somebody today tell me that they tell actually one of our staff who has only been making coffee uh at least as, as far as third wave goes this kind of coffee for like two months now or less and he told her that sh- he had just had the best shot he's ever had in his life. And he's like a, a 35-year-old coffee drinker who's traveled the world and had coffee in New Zealand and Australia and all these places. And he just got his face melted by her. And that made me feel really good. Yeah, he told her. Then he came back to the roastery to tell us. Yeah. And I was like, well, you should tell her. He's all, I already did, man. <laughs> <laughs> he like had a moment. <laughs> he was feeling it. He's a big dude. And he's rad. And he's like a sailor. I used so. to be scared of him. Yeah, well, he's he's like a six foot five dude with tats on his full neck. on he's tats, and he's like ripped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't hurt me. He's all I turns love out you, really nice guy. Yeah, yoga master, in touch with his feelings. Yeah, he definitely is. All right, so let's get on these questions because people want to know, what do they want to know, Chris? They want to know. First off, I want you guys to know that your podcast is one of the biggest reasons my friend and I are passionate about coffee and service. Be encouraged. Your persistent. Sowing into the coffee industry has yielded a lot of fruit in my life. I like how we went the sow to yield. That's cool. So <laughs> much that my friend and I are starting a coffee catering company called Valor Coffee. Shout out to Valor. I have many questions about starting a business, but here are a few. Okay, there's three parters. We're going to take them one at a time. Let's do one part. One, as I mentioned, my friend and I are starting a company. We are 50% partners and are trying to figure out our specific roles within our company. How did you guys figure this out? Do we have concrete roles or do both of you share all the responsibilities? For instance, one of you could be over roasting and wholesale and the other would be over front of house and quality control. There's That's pretty much what happens. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we like, yeah, there is rollover, but we have kind of fallen into roles. And so I'm like, I'm very retail culture um, systems focused. And Chris is a lot of coffee education and roasting focused plus media. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, if in the beginning we kind of did a lot of, everything mm-hmm. together because we do share a lot of the same skill set but it's like there's a lot of jobs to be done so if certain things trigger more energy in you you can kind of start allocating those things and kind of plug into the things that get you the most amped yeah they're also the things that will most likely be, you'll do the best at if they're the things that fall in line with the things that um that energize you, you yeah know? so like you're a lot better at dealing with the people. <laughs> and when, this is true. So, and, and, you know, and when I say the people, I mean our staff and managing that staff of like 10 or now we have 12 yeah. besides the three of us on staff in the retail setting. Right. And that requires a certain personality. 
which you have right more so than me mm-hmm. i'm not like an asshole or anything no. but it's just it's yeah. just a different skill set so right. where me and my brain's like really analytical things are just like really focused for me the the roastery and like the internet world is great for me yeah so i just had actually my first employee jason start today so jason's going to be in the roastery a uh, few days a week with right. me, which was kind of cool because then I get to kind of create this little atmosphere. And it's just a different atmosphere. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's it's supposed to be. And that's what's kind of fun is is the ability like Chris and I, we see and understand the systems that each each one of us are building, even though they have like different, uh, I guess, intentions, but goals. Right. A roasting operation is different than a retail experience. And while Chris can appreciate and love what I'm doing, his focus can be in here and they can have kind of like different uh feelings that they're trying to emote and, and goals that they're trying to get so you know i am super passionate about figuring out the systems and the people to deliver those systems and where they fit best and and you know growing people in our culture and and setting this foundation for multiple stores and and you know the ability for people to teach people other than myself which which both of us are very aware of early on we need other people to do these jobs with us which is you know, part of the reason we do profit sharing and so on and so forth is putting our money where our mouth is. But also, we are uh, we're busy. We're busy. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't fit in either of those categories. It's just, it's like it's a catch-all. You have to be ready to do everything. So, one like to answer your question, yeah, we split it up. We figured it out based on like what makes us the most excited and what right. brings us the most energy. And I would highly recommend splitting tasks into buckets and allocating those to certain people just to make sure everything gets done. Right. Because when there is thing, when well, there's no gray. direct line, yeah. everything's really vague. And it's like, it'd be like, Oh yeah, I talked to Jared about this. And then he emailed Charles and then Charles right. told Chris and then Chris asked Grace to do it. And Grace did it. But I think she did it a little differently than the way Chuck asked Jared to do it in the email that came from right. someone else. That's, exactly. That's horrible, and, and that you, can happen <laughs> easily. And you ultimately like feel good because everybody had a conversation about it. You're so like, you're we like, talked about it. We all did it, and then, then actually nothing happened. Yeah, <laughs> but it would be better if like, okay, Jared's in charge of this. Yeah, see it cool. to Z. T- take it all the way. Whatever right. he needs to do. Use like your resources. Don't have to. Don't have to clear it with me, or don't have to clear it with Charles. It's just like this is your little bucket, and like you can have one of your crew do it, because it gets confusing for people too when you have employees. There's three owners here. Right. So it's like, it's weird for me to say this, but when I'm on the retail floor working my bar shifts, right, and people are like, "Hey, how does this work?" and my answer is, "I you don't need know. to ask Jared." Yeah, you know, right? And they're like, "But you're an owner," and I'm like, "Yep, but this is his thing." And the right. danger of me telling them something that's not aligned with what you say is much greater than me accepting the fact that, like, cool, this isn't my bag. Yep, this is like. Talk to Jared. Yeah. Or even talk to Tanner. Talk to, talk to Kristen. Yeah. yeah. It's like, ask Tanner. <laughs> right. And that's, well, what's cool about that is, I mean, I think you're starting to see this. Our, the model needs to be that we need to train people to be little owners of their own projects in their lands. You know what I'm saying? It's like in the same way we're owners of this whole thing, we need to create little, specific, measurable owners of these places that they can be placeholders and and teach other people and be responsible for them like sure i'm in charge of the whole thing in retail and i've already got these two people kristen and tanner and more really but kristen and tanner have already taken on kind of some roles and some some kind of different parts of the scale where i just and i can lean on them and kristen's out right now at the bank for me and and running the floor today to make sure that i can do a million other things on the side that are extremely important Right. And I, <laughs> it's just crazy. It's awesome to me building a business because it's allowing me to look at it in this way. And it's this mix between uh, a freeing feeling and this heavy, heavy responsibility to make sure it's done right. Where it's like, okay, I trust these people enough to pass them all this responsibility, but I have this extreme weight to make sure that it's clear and measurable enough that these people are able to do the job I want them to do. Totally. It's gnarly, but I love it. Yeah, it's sweet. And another thing that I'm kind of getting comfortable with is I used to think back in the day that if you own the business, you should know everything about it. And now I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Impossible. Like, you don't need to control every little aspect of the thing. So, for example, yesterday, Kristen was like, hey, what's the employee merch discount? And I'm like, 
I don't know. She's like, you're an owner. I'm like, yeah, but that's what you're for. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, I, Do you remember there, the policy for me, there, please? Yeah, <laughs> there's so many things that I'm just like, I don't know. And it's not that that's not important. It's not that knowing that's not important. It's not even that I shouldn't know that. It's just that like, if you're a creative person, there's so many other places where I'm going to be putting my energy. Right. And that's just not one of them. Right. So if and I don't... And I used to think that that would be like a fail, like, oh, I don't know the retail discount policy, but it's not necessarily the most important thing for me to know. No, it's important for me to teach the team and right. allow them to uphold it. And then in like whatever in the future, they're going to know it all. They yes. can teach me, you right. know, and which is should. great. That's actually the secret to the whole thing is there's certain parts that our team, there's genius everywhere. There's leaders everywhere. And some of them are and should be leading initiatives in our cafe. Yeah, and they I'm should. I'm not an all-knowing, all-seeing, perfect retail business owner. Well, that's dude, and like ideally, at the end of the day, all of those people should be better than you at what you're teaching them to do. That is the plan. So it's like roasting. Jason's coming in here to roast. He's new to roasting. He's yeah. roasted for like one day. Spent a lot of time together. I hope that like within the next coming months, and then way on down the line, he should be better at me than roasting. Right. I mean, I hope so. Because that'll be his main focus. Because that'll be his main focus. That's where he's like lasered in. I can pass on everything I know. He can absorb that. And then he can build from that right. even higher. Mm -hmm. I can do other things creatively. He can just go for it. And, and that's going to be. He should know the roaster better than you. He either. should know the roaster better than yeah. me. If he, like, it's like everybody, I don't know, someone who works bar five days a week should, should be, be better than someone who works bar like twice a week. Yeah, like our team should end up being I know there's like a learning coffee. curve, you know what I mean? Well, but yeah, over so time. 10 years plus. Over time. Right. Yeah. But So that's the goal. So and even you. if it doesn't happen, that's still the goal. That's always the goal. It should be the goal. Yeah. So make some amazing people underneath you so you don't have to do everything because at the end of the day, you'll only be successful as the things that you can train other people to do. That was a really long answer to like a short question, but I think we covered a lot of stuff that's useful. Yes. Or just stuff that we're excited about anyway. Uh, when we schedule our staff is the next thing. Something about scheduling. So in a previous episode, we talked about having three people on the bar. One person tamping and pulling shots, one person steaming milk, and a floater. The idea of the floater blew my mind. Thank you. When you schedule your staff, do you assign each person to a specific role on the bar? Question mark. Additionally, do you assign someone to do register and buy the cup brewing? Question mark. Maybe this is what I'm asking. When you schedule your staff, what are the different roles you assign? Is there overlap between roles or do people stay in their lanes? Okay, so in reality, there are – so we've seen overcomplication to the umpteenth trillion degree in cafes. Let's be honest with ourselves and real. There's only three positions that ever need to be on the floor. There are somebody running a register. We call them concierges because they're way more important than just a register person, but they're Ultimate duty is directing traffic from a register-esque sort of position. There is somebody making coffee, and they are the barista in our case. And they cover, and their responsibility is the espresso machine and getting the drinks out. And for us, that's also where the tea comes and goes from, so that's what they are. And then we have somebody called support, and that is everything else. They are Their job is literally called support because they are supporting these two roles. These two roles have the major the major points of contact both in giving and receiving orders and coffee so the support person's job is to make sure that the other two are supported and able to do a fast efficient accurate job there can be more than one person in the support role and what we've done is we've broken down the flow of our cafe based on adding people so you know we have our our first three per people a concierge who is first point of contact a barista who's sending out coffee drinks and then a support person who is basically bouncing back and forth between expediting of drinks and expediting of food and uh, line service. You add m another person and then the focus becomes a little more specific, right? You have somebody who is more isolated to the bar and steaming drinks and handing them out. And then the other two people can then focus on register concierge service. Uh, so we are hyper specific and we continue to get better based on service every single day in what happens when we have up to six people. Their roles slightly change, but honestly, they just become a little more focused and a little um, less broad with the more people that come on, right? Yeah, and it's important to figure out what works for you and be able to be flexible within that because there's on paper, perfect, and then there's in the real world. So if in the real world, let's say we're running peak hours, we've got a barista, we've got two people at the register. Yep. 
the line's really long. There's a barista and the support person's going after milk. Right. So I got a two and two split. Yep. Boom. The two concierge people like blow through the line. Now right. there's only two people in line, but there's tons of tickets. Yes. One of those concierge people can flex over and pour milk. Yep. You know what I mean? And then you get that flex like steam and pour. Right. Shot pulling, steaming, pass and pour, and then recover back. Yep. It's just figuring out how to explain it in a way that makes sense so where you don't get these like just pure floaters to where like one of the reg people just kind of like oh like wanders over to the milk steaming place and stands there when they're not needed right. and is just kind of wasting time right <laughs> you need the definition of like we have some defined um scenarios so that people know when and where they need to be and you also need leadership and people trained well enough to direct traffic and be like i don't need you here you need to go be doing something else uh so a lot of that is figuring out what works for you. And, and for us, we have a few things. I mean, even down to when there's um, three people on the floor, call it, and there's a slammed line both in drinks and at the register. And so we've got it set up so that the person, the floater, goes to the register and takes orders up until the point where the barista has eight drinks, which feels like a lot. Then they're going to jump off the line. They're going to help bang out those eight drinks down to three or less. And then they're going to just back and forth this thing until it's done. And that's just our best way to balance out the ability to bring people through a line quickly, but also get drinks out in an appropriate manner. For us, we also have set standards. We don't want drinks going out anymore. So five minutes is what we'd like. Seven minutes is when it's no bueno. And our current average wait times are no more than four minutes right now, which is I'm proud of that. We're talking like even on the weekends, we're pretty much on average five minutes and under for drinks. And we've set that standard. And so that's essentially a goal, right? So our team has the ability to say, we are not achieving this or we are achieving this based on the amount of staff we have at the, the appropriate time or based on our lack of ability to operate. And we can talk about which one is the actual issue. Is it, is it our ability to be efficient on the floor or is it that we actually need another person? And so we've been able to look at those things based on some standards and goals. And again, to shout out my team, I've got some really smart people on my team and they all talk about flow, even beyond Chris and I and, and what works best when. And we've been able to make ad adaptations and changes. And I'd, I'd be happy to say that in the last even two weeks, our service has gotten like exponentially better as far as efficiency and flow goes. That's so real, Jer. Oh, cool. dropping, dropping dimes on them. Number trace. Number trace. Lastly, when you're dialing in a coffee on a normal day at the cafe, what are the hour-to-hour -hour efforts you make to ensure quality espresso? Obviously, you dial in in the morning, but you don't just set it and forget it as many people do. Do you smell it? <laughs> are you constantly tasting the espresso throughout the day? Yes. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah, do it. There's so many messed up things in here. Yep, dial in in the morning for sure. Tasting espresso throughout the day. Hello. Absolutely, for <laughs> sure. Here's the other kicker. doesn't really change that much. No. In the sense of that, like, let's say you have a spec. We'll just use, like, the answer spec. Let's So yep. let's say you're doing 19.2 in, 33 out, 27 seconds, and that's your sweet spot. Visually, like, the first, the first cue you have to see if your espresso is getting on or off track is obviously the visual aesthetic of the espresso, usually in correlation to the, the time frame of the brew. So if you're... Being consistent with your input and consistent with your output, then, you know, if the time is faster or shorter, you can reasonably, like, deduce that you need to adjust your grind setting. Right. So if all of a sudden you were there and then you're 19.2 and 33 out and it's happening at 22 seconds, you probably don't even need to taste it to see that something weird is going on. Your coffee's speeding up. So number one is just paying attention. <laughs> Looking at what's happening, is your coffee like going a lot faster or is it not going a lot faster? Right. Um, tasting always, dude, okay, I don't even tasting know what I'm trying to say. Matters. Tasting always matters, but it's like your spec at the end, I guess what I'm trying to say is like your spec at the end of the day should not be different than your spec at the beginning of the day. Right. Or the idea of some people turn over bar and like. Right? Yeah, if at all. Right. Like, what would change so much to where it's like you have the same roasted coffee. Right. The same day. Right. What's going to impact your extraction so much to where it's like, actually, I'm going to pull like three or four more grams out. I, like oh, may, no. Maybe burr heat 
Yeah, no, I'm maybe more like I'm more like thinking dose in being like maybe it goes from 19 to 19.3, something like that. But it's not going to be even that's not very much, right? But you're still your ratio at the end is still going to be within two grams of volume out, no matter what. Right? Yeah, it's not a far, it's not a far it's swing. It's not a, like a reach in such a way. And honestly, that's most likely the flavor is going to be most likely only noticeable by that of a coffee nerd who's tasting it all the time, and less so from your guests. So I totally agree. I think maybe sometimes like stability in espresso machines right is of temperature that mm-hmm. can change it a little bit but nothing crazy and you're right the burr the Would, burr temperature like the grinder temp maybe if it's really grinder cranking and it gets really hot and then you you die out and it's super cool like the coffee tastes a little sour and you need to tighten it up a little maybe bit. you need to tighten it up I, but that's yeah. just a grind adjustment it again. just depends like really as a barista you're taking what the like the coffee and the roast is set up to do and right. just kind of like executing on that so you have like a certain almost like pre-programmed amount of solubility built into this coffee due to the way it's roasted. Right. So you're not going to get too, you're never going to be too far off of what ultimately tastes good. Yeah. So I was talking yesterday, I was talking about how I was not disenchanted with coffee, but like less intrigued with the actual, okay, let me back into this. I was, I was telling him how I was more excited about our coffee service and and less excited about like the idea of like pulling espresso in where I used to be the other way around. I was more excited about espresso and extraction and this, that, and the other. And I was telling him the reason that is is that I've kind of found based on our roast style, like a couple of recipes that I almost always fall back on. They work all the time. And they work every time. And so there's like a disenchantment for me in, in that I already know the recipe window that no matter what I always go back to because I know what I like and I know what we like as a company. So for me it doesn't really matter as much as it used to because I already know every time I do something different, it doesn't work for me. So that part's already off the table, right? Well, I've already got this established thing, both in our, the truth, lighter version of the coffee and the more developed answer. This is where the ratio tastes good. And it always does. And honestly, that's like three years running now, even beyond our coffee. Like I found this and it always is the same. And so there's like, there's a lot of wasted mental energy people put into that. And I'm like, I was telling, and his, his name is Matt Fuel. He's an awesome dude. He like does coffee education. I was like, dude, now I'm really interested in blowing the guest's mind in these other ways and like how well we focus and take care of them because really all that stuff was for me in the past and now I'm thinking about other people and it's really fun and it's also a whole new challenge. And the coffee roasting side of it's still really interesting because there's a lot of development and things you can do to mess with the coffee over here on the roasting side. But as far as espresso goes... It's kind of almost a set it and forget it for me now. Yeah, and it's not because just so everyone's clear, it's not that you don't care about the taste quality. I love it's it. that it's so easy to achieve that. Right. We know And the you don't think now. about it anymore. It's like yeah. second nature. It's totally. kind of like I don't know, you're skateboarding, kickflip. Yeah, I got it in the bag. I've I don't re- I don't really practice it anymore cuz I got my kickflip unlocked, right. dude. It's like right. I'm going to try some other stuff. Still yep. love doing a nice kickflip here. Yeah, it still feels really good. You know, it still feels good, but I'm not worried about it. No, I, I almost like more helping people I'm taste not like thinking about what's it. off. Like when they're like I need to make a small adjustment, what's wrong? And I'm like we tasted together and I'm like here's what you do. Still the same ratios, you just you need to coarsen up your grind a little bit and like run it a little faster. You know, little things. That's still really fun to me, helping people. It's just my whole thing has changed. And in therein, like, Dalian coffee is less exciting and, like, than it used to be. <laughs> I still love it. There's also the never morning. that, like, moment of thrill. Like, back in the day, you're just, like, you don't know what coffees are in there. The roast probably isn't that consistent. Right. You don't have as many tools to help you. So every day was, like, an adventure where you're, like, oh, dude, am I going to make the coffee sing today? Maybe I am. That's true. Maybe I'm not. And then when you get it, you're, like, yeah, dude, it's on fire, dude. Right. Come drink the espresso. And then some days, super depressed because for whatever reason, it's just not working. But now we come into the cafe. It's like, dude, it's going to taste good. I don't even think about it. I guess that's because we have quality it's, control and It's going down, dude. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, the roasting's consistent. The flavor profile's consistent. The recipes are built by us where we know the coffee's going to taste awesome. There's like no mystery around it. So in that sense, it's yeah. probably why it's not as exciting. There's there's like that thrill is like, well now I'm thinking about other there. people who are like have things and like amazing quality coffees, but like let's call it like Hairbender that changes all the time or like Black Cat, right? Awesome coffees, but people who are wholesale accounts of that are like probably unable to know exactly what's in it at any given time, and they probably are having those experiences every day, even though the quality control is probably still there, and they probably still have a recipe. That's a whole other thing, though. You're like dealing with something that's not your own. 
Yeah, I mean, the less, the more removed from it you are, the more chance that there is to be like weirdness. Oh gosh! I mean, that's, that's like, how I don't that's know like a whole bag of beans. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to slam any of those. Well, it's not things. about a it's slam. Like, it's just like a whole different. It's just like a it's a thing, right? I and guess what like, I'm saying is like I don't know if pair benders inconsistent or not, so I don't want to give people that impression. You oh, know what I'm right. saying? Like roast wise, like, <laughs> I'm sure it's super consistent. I mean, they've been roasting coffee forever. They're probably pretty good at it. Bean wise, I just know it has a lot of beans in it. That was the story back in the day, for so I guess sure. Maybe it's I don't know. Now. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I have no right. idea. Right, right, right. So, so when we were young, it was like five to eight bean blend when we were young in coffee. This was way back, way in, the back day. in the day. So things may have changed. So that's where I'm coming from in, t- in my terms of thinking about that and thinking that it would change a lot. And it would still always be good, but I think as a barista, you'd find yourself being like, ooh, I got it to the place where it's the most epic. It could just be a mental shift, too, in that, like, if you're looking to have a hard time with something, you probably will. So if you're true. like, I know the coffee was good today, good yesterday. It was like 19 and 30 out of 28. That's what it was yesterday. Today, I'm going to try some whole new shit. Just fucking start <laughs> all over again. And like, don't do that. <laughs> start with yesterday's we recipe. We that all the time. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. We're like, I don't know, man. Today, I'm doing 22 in. I just felt like it was the right thing to I do. Just, I just wanted more body today. Dude, it's the same roast as yesterday? Yeah, but it's different, though. I'm inspired. It's one day older, dude. It's totally different. <laughs> it's like a, such a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had yeah, good, good coffee talk. yesterday, start there. Minimal tweaks. Anyway, we're on Minimal like a rant tweaks. now. Really good talk, though. <laughs> uh, what was the, oh, that was it. That was a good question. That was three out of three for Homeboy, and those oh are gosh, really good questions. That was kind of amazing. That was definitely amazing. Oh my gosh! Here's something fun. Let's just ask this one. So Jack frickin' Zloty. Jack Skellington. Oh, he's a great guy. My daughter loves Jack Skellington. Uh, funny thing about my daughter, she learned about Jack Skellington by going on the, the ride at Disneyland at Christmas. And so before she associated Santa Claus with Christmas, she associated Jack Skellington with Christmas. So Jack Skellington is her Santa Claus in that he's her favorite thing in the world. And I'm like, why do you like this dark character? She's like, because he's Christmas. I'm like, oh, my gosh. My daughter (laughs) likes him instead of Santa Claus. That's amazing. That's pretty tight. Okay. He's a nice guy, though. He is a nice guy. Jack's a good good guy. Christmas town. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, Cat and Cloud. Hey. I really enjoy your podcast. And I would very much value your opinion on a subject that has been on my mind. Question. Do individuals that spend a significant amount of time working remotely out of coffee shops cause any harm to the business or culture of the shops? Ooh, I got this one. So yeah. hardcore. I work entirely remotely. My profession only requires that I have a laptop and a good internet connection. I enjoy coffee a latte. That, he didn't say that. I did. That <laughs> me- <laughs> he said I truly enjoy coffee. Nice improv. I know. I just wanted to. <laughs> Can't help it. That means I tend towards working out, especially coffee shops. I hope that I am not doing anyone any injustice by spending so many hours working out of their locations. Thanks, quote unquote, creamy beige, Evan. You're absolutely not doing them injustice. Here's uh, the thing: they have an internet connection. Start that there. sends a message. <laughs> we have we have internet in our cafe and offer it to our customers, and everything you have sends a message. So it's like. If you have the internet, you're basically welcoming people to come in, do work on the internet, or you wouldn't have internet connection. You Boom. know, if you have plugs on the bottom of your walls, it's an invitation for you to come in and plug your computer in in the walls. Same thing extends to things like the condiment bar. If you have sugar and cream on your condiment bar, you're basically inviting people to partake in those items because you as the business owner are putting them out there. And the reason I'm so jazzed about this is I used to fucking blow my mind when people would have a condiment bar. Right. They'd have cream and sugar on it. They'd give people coffee and they're like, no, 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 no. Just just taste it first before you do anything to it. It's <laughs> like, dude, if you don't want them to put cream in it, why are you putting cream out for them to have? You're sending a mixed message. Like, pull it together. It's pretty you're, amazing, right? You're judging these people. You're providing them with something, and then you're telling them, well, you probably shouldn't do that. It's just ridiculous. You should do all the work. That's where I do all my work. Dude, all of it. Forget about it. Forget about Man. it. Man. What's even funnier is that, like, how many coffee shops currently are crushing it and in existence that don't offer condiments? Because I don't know one. There might be one. Chris is thinking. I'm thinking. I know. I can't say for certainty. I'm just if saying, I could picture like, it anywhere, it'd be like a four barrel. Right. A four barrel doesn't have Wi-Fi, I'm pretty sure. They don't have Wi-Fi, I don't think. No, they definitely don't have Wi-Fi. Mm. Or at least they, they didn't have Wi-Fi. They last didn't. Time I went. Yeah, that's true. I don't go back too often, which I think is cool. You know, it, they're not sending any mixed messages. They're like, hey, right. this is not a working space. Right. <laughs> so it's like, totally. it's not to get on the internet. Therefore, we don't have internet. We've also set up in our shop 
there's four bar spots that have full hookups, including USB, and then there's no outlets anywhere else. People are still more than welcome to work on their computers in the actual kind of dining area, but you know they're limited based on their battery length. And if you want to work, you can come sit at the bar top and work, and it's all good. And we yeah, did that intentionally day. because we do want to be able to offer both, but we don't want it to be just like an open. It, we don't want the space to be continuously stocked up full of computer folk, even though it's totally fine. But we want to be able to offer both, and th- so we did. And it's pretty straightforward. We yeah. also offer cream, and guess what? If somebody gets an espresso with ice and then pours cream in it to the top, we're not I yell, yell at, at them. them. Yeah, we slap them right in the face. I shoot them with my salt gun. I sh- <laughs> Jared, get the get the salt gun. Get the salt gun. This asshole's get the taking salt advantage gun. of us. Tina's Psych. stealing from the condiment bar again. Tina. You put it out for people to take. Why would you be weirded out that people are taking it? And it's like it's what it's for. What is it really worth? To the you, one man? person that's ripping you off for like that fifty cents worth of half and half is probably ruining your business. Or you could just focus on something that's really important. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Dick call. It's important. It's important. It's important. People are trying to get over on me, dude. People are always trying to get over on everybody. They stole four ounces of half and half. No, they didn't. You offered it to them for free on your condiment bar. But they stole it. They didn't steal anything. But. Except for uh, your time and your energy from your mind that you gave them yourself by being <laughs> angry at them. Hey, dudes. I don't know if I want to read that one. I haven't pre-read any of these. <laughs> Jared's having uh, um, post-traumatic post-syndrome. Um, there was one that we were going to read that yeah, was just right there. Where'd it go? Up. Here it is. I think this is it, right? Yeah. There it is. I think. Take it down from David Momo. <laughs> hey, Momo. Hey, guys. First off, I wanted to say thank you for all you do and getting coffee information out to the average consumer. Hey, you guys are welcome. That's awesome. Being someone who loves coffee has never worked in the industry, your podcast, and Chris's YouTube videos. Y'all should subscribe. Yeah, you guys should subscribe. Subscribe, Real dude. Chris Bach on YouTube. It's tight. Have helped me immensely in my coffee-related knowledge. I had two questions. I got two. I got two. Bones. Bones. <laughs> I watched one of Chris's more recent videos and noticed he had mentioned sudden coffee. I think it's a really interesting idea, and though I probably wouldn't use it very often, I was hoping to hear some of your thoughts on it. We'll just take that one straight up. So if you guys don't know sudden, sudden is out of San Francisco. It's instant coffee, instant specialty coffee by this dude, Calais Freeze. Calais. Calais Freeze. He's got a cool last name. And okay, sudden in a nutshell is really good instant coffee. And you have to take it for what it is. Did we talk about this already on the podcast? I don't know. We can keep talking about it. I'm having like a deja voodoo kind of thing going on. Is it a deja brew? Deja deja brew. Hashtag cat fact. (laughs) Hashtag winter wonderland. (laughs) Sprinkle it on. It's, It's really good for what it is. And it's not meant to go toe to toe. With, like, the nicest traditionally brewed single-origin coffees. Like, if you have, like, a really nice, like, high-elevation washed yerg that you roasted, ground-fresh, brewed traditionally, it's going to be better than the instant coffee. It's going to have more acidity. It's going to be brighter. It's going to have more clarity of flavor. But the thing that I really liked about the Sudden that I thought was cool is that it didn't have a lot of the off flavors that I associate with instant coffee. Yeah. Like, overall, it was a pleasant cup. Right. You know what I mean? And you could tell that there were some special coffees in there, even though it doesn't have, like, the varietal characteristic, again, of, like, the traditionally brewed coffee. Yeah. It's instant coffee still. Yeah, it's, like, freeze-dried or something crazy. Yeah, I don't know how they do it, but it's it's instant coffee. So keep that in mind, but I was stoked on it. Yeah, I thought it's like a fun little thing. Yeah, of like an instant coffee, but it's way more than that. It's yeah. like they got they got instant coffee to be sweet and deep. Sweet and deep. It's like not harsh. Yeah, which I thought was cool. It's a big deal, really. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And then he does like some fun stuff that he does with it, like the sudden chino, which is kind of fun, where you steam like just milk in a pitcher, and you can just dump the instant coffee right in there. Right, and he makes like a creamy cappuccino all into it together. Yeah, and then you can take the sudden it'll dissolve in ice cream yeah so you can make like a do-it-yourself affogato which he did when he came by santa cruz and we went across the street to the penny ice creamery and he just got some ice cream and had a little tube of sudden in his backpack popped it open and just stirred it into the ice cream just pull the tube out <laughs> and i'm from like somewhere you would <laughs> shoot in the tube drop that tube straight in the cream and just call it good katron he's on the cover of barista mag right now yeah, i think yeah, dude so much free say <laughs> yeah so Order it to try it. 
Might as well. Uh, Part two is like a little bit longer explanation. Can you take some time to explain varietals and how, if they should play a factor in what I can expect out of a certain coffee? Thanks again. Keeping it pushing. Theo. Theo. <laughs> Exploration Rudy. <laughs> it's a house of Cosby's. It is a house of Cosby's. Let's just, I just got to, I mean, I would encourage you to not try to get your mind around what varietals are going to taste like cultivated varieties of coffee cultivars i i just if you went into a coffee shop and you're all well this guatemalan bourbon's going to taste like this i feel like it's a it's a pretty gnarly the entry level point is like pretty high for the average consumer and i guess what i mean by that is that you have to taste a ton of coffees of similar varietals and then different varietals to be able to discern, okay, like Bourbon tastes like this. SL28 tastes Gosh. like this. Right. Or like this is, I really like Catois. Right. So whereas like in the wine world, things are based off of like the varietals where right. you're like, I want Syrah or Chardonnay or whatever. I don't know right. anything about wine. But like that's right. That's Those are grape varietals, right? Right. I'm like not no, totally no. off base. But coffee's not like that. It's it's more based on region. Yeah, like we're we're approaching. Farm. We've always approached it differently. I just, I oh. well, okay, like for me, right? Here's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm so tripped I'm, out on this question. Aside from geisha, which is like maybe the only one that's got a semi-unique flavor enough that you could almost always call it out. And I feel like I do a pretty, I could do a pretty good job. Like probably eighty percent, if there was a mix of geishas in every other coffee, I could probably call out 80% of the geishas on the table. It would be quite a bit harder for me to do that with the other varieties, but I am to a place, and I think Chris is too, where I'd be fairly good at, for the most part, being able to generally call out like regions of the coffees, even down to like a Colombian coffee versus a Panamanian coffee versus a Guatemalan coffee. Like They are discernible enough for us at like 10 plus years maybe some of those q grader people who literally only cup coffee could do better but i mean that's i think more the direction where people go is like being able to discern based on region right like you said so that's where i'm at i think that's the more useful application for like for most of the mm, uh i don't professional and consumer base people who might be different and who could dive so hardcore into this there's a lot of green buyers who could but i'm talking about like Real big time dudes like Aleko, right? Jeff Watts, people that have like thousands and thousands and thousands of cupping tables underneath them, like so much experience in origin. That's all you focus and that's on. That's all they do. Yeah, right. I mean, the same way. I, that's the only, the only people consistently that I hear talk like that are the people when I'm at Origin and I'm cupping with them, right? Because they're used to tasting, tasting different cultivars in their Origin, right? So remember, we were cupping around the table in Guat and. They would be like, ooh, this one, this one's tasting kind of like a Margo Hipe. That's super cool. And I actually trust that on a real, real level from them because all they do is taste every single coffee they get their hands on from this area. So they can discern the differences in varietal characteristics probably on a way more accurate level than all of us who taste from all over the place. You know what I'm saying? It's also interesting there, too, because so we were cupping hundreds of coffees. Those are all sample roasts, roasted by the same person. Exactly. So there's like some consistency on that level in the roasting to yep. where it's like if you're tasting two bourbons from right. different places roasted by different roasters, it's going to be hard to assign like what flavors are you getting because of that, that it's bourbon or what flavors are you getting because it's like from a different region or that it's roasted totally differently. It's going to be really hard to pick out like, right. oh, yeah, this one tastes like cherries because it's Catois. Right. I know that. Not that you exactly. can't do that, but you got to be kind of deep. You got to be really in tune. So you should make a, if you really want to dive into this, I would make a little spreadsheet, a grid, take ridiculous tasting notes and like find some way to notate like the roast level and the region also. And then after you taste thousands of coffees, you can like go get into it. But yeah, for me, it's like Geisha and Pacamara. Oh, I yeah, can probably pick pretty, out of a yeah. pile. Pacamara's, yeah. And then I don't know what else, like. I mean, Catuai, so, there Katuai, are some like, yeah, I associate with like, like a brighter lot of acidity, right? Sort of. But then I always said like, it's for me, it's always like Catuai from Bocate. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so time. it's like, is it just that it's Catuai or is it, I've had a 
ton of Katwai from right. Boquete in Panama. Well, and there is also like, so I have, you know, and we're going to taste tonight. This is what's cool. At our staff meeting tonight, we're going to, with the whole staff, pick out the next two Colombian coffees that we're going to have on our menu. And I have like 15 Colombian coffees roasted and some from Cauca and some from Nariño. And I was crunching them last night. And like the acidity difference between the, the coffees from Nariño and the coffees from Cauca is like considerably different as are kind of some of the flavors. And I'm not going to go into generally what I think they taste like because it, it just leaves tons of room for debate and whatever people calling me inaccurate because it's my perception on coffee. But they are <laughs> way, I way feel, different. I feel like I'm a Nariño fan. I'm a Nariño fan, too. Just for whatever reason. They, yeah. I like them better where I'm at right now. So, anyways, we have, like, we have, like, five from Nariño, and we have, like, some odd from Cauca, and some other ones that are just, like, farmer-named that I don't know exactly where they're from because they're all samples, and it's going to be fun to go through and taste them tonight, but... And did you even look and see what, like, varietals were uh, in the Only mix? on a few of them because they didn't even mention them on a lot of them, right? They're just, like, this is a Nariño from, like, Maria Estero Bogota. I'm making up a name, but that's, <laughs> that's actually, like, you know... Azevedo Henderson. And I'm like, cool. Azevedo Henderson. Yeah. Was that a real name? Uh, I think each one of those was the name of one That's of the awesome. <laughs> Azevedo was one and Henderson's on another. But, you know, I'm just like, yeah. If the, uh, the importers who are sending us this coffee aren't worried about it, I'm not either. I don't know. That's just where I'm at. It's, it's all deep, dude. You can go as deep as you want. You just have to find a way to have some sort of standard or some sort of reference point in order for yourself to even have an accurate look at what you're trying to get at and it's hard and for a consumer that's why i'd say stay away from the stay away from varieties uh we've talked about geishas before i don't even think geishas right now are worth all the money that it costs for us to buy them i think we need to plan a million more geishas and bring that price point down because i think they're really great but for the general consumer i've seen far more consumers bummed about geishas than happy about them w in reference to spending the money and then there's those connoisseurs who want to spend the money no matter what and it's just because they want the term geisha and that's like hefe and he's gangster and he he wants the 200 dollar green tip he's also rolling so hard he brought me chanterelles exactly. into work yesterday <laughs> yeah <laughs> he'll go deep sea fish and get his own <laughs> he will literally he's all you want fresh fish tuna yeah. <laughs> i caught this he's all it's marlin <laughs> exactly <laughs> off the shore of florida I spearfished in ono dog i spearfished in ono I free diving dude yeah. no mask exactly manually built spear gun <laughs> you don't live that life weird you're an idiot man i feel like <laughs> we did a pretty good job didn't we that was pretty fun yeah that's solid time that's a podcast man that's <sighs> what you guys got that's that's the greatest and then you know let's just uh let's just shout out shout out our friends Shout out our who friends. friends are. Who our friends are, dude? I'll do a freaking Wilbur Curtis shout out right now, That's dude. That's the biggest shout out we need. Dude, Curtis, what up, dude? We got one of your brewers under the counter, and it brews the coffee straight up proper. So proper. So proper. Curtis has kick-ass customer service, though. That's the thing that Everything. I like about the most. Also, Brant's a good friend, but like, aside from that, yeah. the whole company is just really easy to deal with. They make ordering simple. They it's really like you do. order stuff and then it comes, <laughs> which sometimes doesn't happen with other companies. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I ordered this. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's like a one month lead time on that. Right. And, and you're I'm like, like, really? Are you kidding me? They're like, we stock this stuff. But not with Curtis. Family owned, California company, you know. What more do you want, dude? I don't know what I want. I don't think I need anything more because my homies, dang it, I was trying to find our rep came through the other day and he was freaking fantastic. Bill Fairman, was it? Yeah. Bill Fairman, dude. Yeah. There he is. Bill Fairman. Bill Fairman. Yeah. Shout out to Bill Fairman. Dude, he and I had a great conversation. Dude, he's the man. Yeah. He's so responsive on emails. I can't even believe it. Exactly. I was kind of tripping out. He like double checked with me. He responded and I didn't respond. The day later, he's like, hey, just double back in on that. And I'm like, whoa, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, bro. Dude, he rolled in and he kicked it. He got some coffee and he was hanging out and he's all, dude, because we have our we have our Curtis under counter and we, we were talking about, he was talking about getting wraps for the, uh, for the Cambros, because he can do colored wraps, so he's gonna get a wrap for us. And he's all, dude, it fits so perfect on your counter; it's so good. And I was like, yeah, we're just so tight on space. He goes, that's genius way to use the brewer. It's like it fits there perfect and it looks really clean. And I was like, thanks, dude. <laughs> the end. But he was the man. And yeah. He's going to, he went to Disneyland. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> he's with his Bill. family probably like right now at Disneyland. And I was like, I'm going too. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, where'd he go? <laughs> to Disneyland. <laughs> Where'd you go? Where'd you go? And he's laughing at us, man, on the radio. He's <laughs> nah, not, dude. That was me. me laughing. We won. We won too. <laughs> no, no, no. The hard, the Below the hard deck does, does not, not count. count. <laughs> Bullshit.
Hard deck my ass. Hard deck my ass. We nailed, nailed that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> we gave anyway. you guys Top Gun. This has been the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Thank you all for listening. It's so awesome that you guys listen. I We get a ton of feedback about the podcast on email, and we really, really appreciate it. We know it's reaching a lot of you, and we've, we have a huge backlog of email. So if you wrote in and said thanks for the podcast and we didn't respond, just know that we read your email, and it totally means a lot to us. So It does. Thank you for listening. And if... If you listen and you haven't, if you want to just subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, like the more ratings we get, the higher we're, the more we pop up on the search engine, basically. Right. So we think we have good coffee content and we'd yep. love people to learn a little bit more about that and get into the hands of people as possible. So you know it. We love y'all. We got Scott Rayo coming on in the near future, oh! which is going to be fun. Oh! And we got, uh, we have actually many, many more questions and episodes to be had, so, uh, Keep up with us. We're going to try to keep up with you with this podcast. We're committed to it. And just, you know, bear with us as we go through our transition times. All right? We love you. Bye. Goodbye.